Welcome to Building Texas with Justin McKenzie and Summer Babarak, sponsored by the Bernie Kendall County Economic Development Corporation and Das Greenhouse. And now, here's your host, Justin McKenzie. Welcome to Building Texas, where we sit down with the most interesting people who are making an impact locally, regionally, and across the state of Texas. Today, I'm excited to have somebody here from the Center of Medical Tourism Research at the University of Incarnate Word. David Bequest is joining us to tell us all about medical tourism. And when I hear that term, I think of trips south of the border for dental work or other cosmetic surgeries, but I think we're going to learn a lot today. Summer, how are you? I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. I I actually, in our very short pre-show chat, didn't realize how many things that I didn't consider medical tourism are medical tourism. So I'm really excited to chat with you and and hear about your work. Well, David, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to us and the listeners. And where would we know you? Where would we recognize you from in San Antonio? Excellent. Well, thank you very much for having me. First of all, I'm just um, very proud to be here and proud to be representing the Hill Country of Texas as well. I'm a proud resident over in the Spring Branch, Bolverde area. And so love this area. So I'm uh, with the Center for Medical Tourism Research, medicaltourismresearch.org. It's part of the Lewis Center of the Americas at the University of the Incarnate Word. Um, I've been doing research on medical tourism for a little over 15 years, been a faculty member uh, for the HEB School of Business Administration for over 20, 22 some years. And prior to that was an executive with the Methodist Healthcare System and also HCA, which is their, one of their joint venture partners. And then prior to that was a consultant with Ernst & Young. And my gosh, if you've, if you've heard about people going to Mexico, for example, a tragic situation that, that happened a few months back that was covered by the national media... If you've read AR Magazine, in the New York Times, Fortune, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, uh, you've probably seen my, my interviews about this incredibly complex and interesting, very fascinating trend of, of people traveling both domestically and internationally for healthcare. I learned a lot in that opening. I, I, I didn't recognize HEB's business schools here at the University of Incarnate Word. That's correct. And then Incarnate Word is, this is their first step into academic research, institutional research. Is that what I understand? Well, so they, they obviously they've been around since 1881, but I'm probably one of the first professors that is considered, I'm kind of a Sheldon Cooper-like, where I, I'm, I'm not doing teaching full-time. I do research half-time and then teaching half-time, and that's because my uh, my research, I was one of the first researchers in the world to actually focus on medical travel or health travel or health tourism, as it's also called around the world. And that led me to getting quite a, had quite a nice little run of things. I've been able to do work for the UN, done consulting for, I think, six or seven different countries around the world, including places like Korea and Malaysia. Colombia, Guatemala, Turkey, Germany, and others. And so the, that led to the university saying, hey, listen, you know, you're getting lots of awareness brought to the university, so we'd like you to go ahead and continue to do more of that and spend more time focusing on, on your research. 
And so I'm a part-time teacher, part-time researcher. Fantastic. Fantastic. So I, I have to admit, I've heard a lot about people coming to the U.S. from Canada. My, my husband's family has a lot of relatives in Canada. And from their experience, the wait lists and wait times for medical procedures are incredibly long. And so oftentimes, if it's something pressing or that they feel is urgent, they'll come here and stay with you know a family member and go have whatever procedure it is done and pay for that. Obviously, that's medical tourism, but are there broader trends? Do you see it often where private, you know, payer systems like the U.S. have are traveling abroad to more socialized forms of medicine? Or is it a broader, you know, trend that more socialized medicine countries, patients are traveling into more private payer systems? That's correct. Yeah. No, what you heard about and uh, you've seen in terms of Canadian patients coming into the United States is actually the, uh, the trend. So around the world, private healthcare um, systems, private healthcare facilities are the ones that people predominantly travel for or to. So the typically countries that make it more uh, readily available for, say, capitalists to invest in good healthcare tend to have more medical tourism. So the, the United States, uh, believe it or not, even though it's a very large country, tends to be a net receiver in terms of total proceeds coming in. So we we actually, historically, up until 2019, and it's been recovering, but a little slower, and that's due to geopolitical events. For example, we're no longer getting as many Chinese, and we're not getting as many Russians and Ukrainians, and obviously, most likely, we're probably not going to get as many people from the Middle East based on geopolitical events that are currently going on. So, but typically we are a net receiver. When it comes to Canada, for example, I had a podcaster one time ask me and said, you know, is it true what I've heard that more Americans go to Canada? And I was like, absolutely not. There's, if you look at the numbers and the Canadian authorities also verify this with their numbers, we get way more Canadians than, than we get Americans that go into Canada. And that's because they have very few private facilities and some and actually, they have almost a certificate of need type of system in some of the provinces where you can't build uh, private hospitals. Wow. So, and if you look at the overall outcomes in terms of these private facilities, for example, on ecology, five and 10 year survival rates, the United States is by far better. And the same is true in places like India. So India has a very robust private system. It's one of the top medical tourism countries in the world. Malaysia, Korea, even Turkey, Germany, Mexico, Colombia, all these places have very robust private health systems, and those are what are typically driving it. So it's, it's truly entrepreneurs, private equity, venture capital, you know, people that doctors decide, and dentists opening up their own facilities. That's what's driving most of the medical travel around the world. Really interesting. You're listening to Bernie Radio. I'm here with Summer today, and we're talking to David Vquest about medical tourism. And the definition is still escaping me, and I want to bring it closer to home. Incarnate Word is a wonderful facility in San Antonio, institution in San Antonio. They're, they're investing in this research because it, it has to be making an impact locally. So when we think about how we're building, I know the Houston Medical Center gets a lot of 
uh, publicity around MD Anderson and others there, Dallas with the Shriner Hospital and other very significant medical areas. But San Antonio, as a local San Antonian, I know I passed Methodist in the medical center, but but I don't know that a lot of research or a lot of specialty is happening. A- am I wrong to make that assumption as I'm driving through town? There, there is some good things happening in particularly South and Central Texas, and I'll get to that. Uh, real quickly, I'd like to clarify what exactly we see medical travel or medical tourism is because you bring up a good point it, it's still it's it's vague it, and it tends to be a continuum of behaviors a continuum of health-seeking behaviors truly patient consumerism which has taken hold not only in the united states but around the world mostly through globalization the the rise of information on the internet particularly through social media and other other sources and what we see is people are truly taking charge of their health care and trying to get health care that they want at the price they want, at the quality they want, and the location they want. And, and so that's truly driving this. And by continuum, I mean everything from, say, what we consider kind of light health tourism to heavier, meaning, say, less invasive to more invasive. So wellness, things like pharmacy, tourism, dental tourism, fertility tourism, surrogacy tourism. We have medical surgical facilities, of course, that, that receive a lot of patients. And then, you know, including as part of that would be like cosmetic surgery. And then we also have things that are interesting for people that are traveling for psychedelics, people that travel for marijuana, people that travel for deaf tourism. There's people that will go to other locations for doctor-assisted suicide, particularly Switzerland is well known for having several facilities that people travel to. So when you include all of those, we actually have some momentum, if you will, going on in particularly South and Central Texas. And I want to expand it beyond just San Antonio to include up here in the Hill Country as well. So we've had strengths in the past and perhaps still in terms of rehabilitation. We have things in terms of, again, wound care, burn care with the Center for the Intrepid and some of the expertise that's built up here. We've also had in the past some surgeons that were associated with the spurs that did a lot of surgery on wrists that became very well known. We also have specialty associated with the University of Texas uh, Health Science Center in terms of blood Based cancers, and, and recently, a few years back, it was an agreement was reached between MD Anderson, which is part of the UT system, in terms of their their brand, to be able to share that brand and to share the expertise with the University of Texas system here in San Antonio. So I think we're going to see increases of people traveling into the Hill Country for healthcare, and it may come in a variety of ways. I, I wouldn't would be surprised if we see more rehabilitation treatment for addictions. There's a UN World Health Organization study that's now suggesting that one in four people in the world have a mental health issue, including addictions, not just the United States problem. It's a worldwide problem. We're going to see increasing amounts of either physicians that are semi-retired or partially retired coming, I think, into this region because this is a good place to come and live and raise a family. The cost of living is reasonable compared to, you know, living where the Yankees do in New York or, you know, where California and coming from California. 
So the, I think we're going to continue to see that. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to mention the wellness trend, which is quite frankly one of the fastest growing and most dynamic industries in the world. So this idea of a blue zone within the, the south and central Texas area with all our wonderful weather, trees, rocks, good food, good wine, all the things we have going on here. I wouldn't be surprised to see wellness continue to grow. When we come back from the break, I want to dive into the blue zone and what makes the hill country in this region really prime for future growth. My name is Justin McKenzie. You're listening to Building Texas on Bernie Radio 103.9. Join us after the break as we dive deeper with David. This is Justin McKenzie from Building Texas. Today's segment is brought to you by Das Greenhouse. Das Greenhouse is a business incubator launched here in Bernie to serve our local community. Das Greenhouse is a place where you can come to grow your idea. Our goal is to make Bernie accessible to people who are looking to grow a business, expand a business, or learn more about what's out there in their community and get involved. Visit us at dasgreenhouse.org or come visit us at 7 Upper Balconies Road, Bernie, Texas. Das Greenhouse. Welcome back to Building Texas on Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. Summer and I are excited to come back into the conversation with David Bequest about medical tourism and really diving into the region and mentioned before the break the blue zones around the world can you help me understand what that is yeah so many years ago a researcher looked into areas of the world in which people tended to live in place and have longevity and and not only longevity but good quality of life and they found uh, seven different locations throughout the world and several of those locations are similar to the geographic location that that's San Antonio and South and Central Texas lies in terms of the distance from the equator. So we, we tend to be almost a Mediterranean-like environment. And so these blue zones tend to have certain characteristics. And it's not just the, the weather and the location, but it's the access to good locally grown food, a sense of community, people really truly caring for each other, working with each other, playing with each other, you know, playing pickleball out, outside and, and, and enjoying life. Also, the, the existence of this walkable spaces, being able to walk more often, get out, get some sun, some vitamin D, and be able to truly have a, a life that is worth living. You know, so it's, it's you know, rather than saying walking down a, a urban area where the buildings are blocking out the sun and you hear sirens in the distance and things are a little dirty, the, these blue zones tend to be environments where people are truly living their best lives, if you will. Well, if I think about the hill country, I think of Bernie and Comfort. And I was in Kerrville yesterday, and I was reminded they have a beautiful walking park right on the Guadalupe just like Bernie does with Cibolo Nature Center and all the access to the outdoors. But those places are not often crowded. Correct. And in our community, I still meet people that have lived here a year, two years, and have never made it out to the Nature Center. Yeah. And it's so important when you talk about that sense of community and being involved. But let's go back to the tourism, because to build the community, we need the economic impact of 
people coming to our region. And we often think about people come to the Hill Country region for wine and beer and great times, great live music, the rivers. But you're right in saying they're also coming here for treatment, for rehabilitation, for a number of things. And and they're not coming trying to discount the price. They're not coming on insurance rates. This is a different type of tourist that rural Hill Country, Texas is attracting. That's correct. Yeah, so recently, going back to a topic you brought up earlier, Houston, which has the Texas Medical Center, which is the largest single medical center cluster in the world. I was just interviewed in a documentary on Forbes that's available on YouTube about the economic impact that international tourists bring, international medical tourists bring to Houston and to Texas regarding that. And it's it's incredible. There are several statistics that show that medical tourists or health tourists or wellness tourists tend to bring in at least three times, perhaps as much as 10 times the total revenue to, to a region. The recent study of looking at wellness hospitality locations, hotels, versus ones that don't emphasize wellness or don't emphasize those aspects that those other tangential kind of services. They found that the total revenue that these hospitality hotels brought in was about twice the the non-wellness ones. So the idea of wellness, health, integrating with tourism is a, a very powerful economic incentive, a very powerful economic force. And it's something that the Hill Country could definitely take advantage of. Some people are not familiar that, uh, for example, Baylor Scott and White, which is uh, essentially in a a central Texas, south Texas uh, facility, was at one point in time considered a center of excellence, still is, but was identified by Walmart. Walmart, which is self-insured, would send their employees out here and the, the employees wouldn't have to pay pays they wouldn't have to pay deductibles they didn't even have to pay for travel they would receive a per diem when they traveled out here walmart would send them here and they they discounted or got a wholesale discount a what's called a contract bundled rate for scott baylor scott and white facilities for cardiac facilities because they're one of the best in the world so people that are traveling individually as well as companies that are negotiating rates, they're looking for these places around the country where there's good health care. And with this infusion of incredible human capital coming into the Hill Country, with the, the amount of real estate development that's coming into the Hill Country, the population surge caused by people from Austin going south and people from San Antonio going north, I really think that we are in for a, a healthcare revolution, a wellness revolution, perhaps here in the Hill Country, and we're going to see more investments in healthcare-related businesses. And some of that growth in, is professionals coming back to the region, investing in new offices, new facilities, and I have to believe Texas's policy allows for that and protects those pro- those professionals come back here and build their business. Yes. Several years back, uh, Texas uh, passed one of the most aggressive tort reforms in the country to allow physicians not to be as worried about uh, frivolous lawsuits. And so what has happened is we've seen a growth in physicians and physicians that are particularly interested in developing their own practices, whether that's a direct primary care DPC practice 
We've seen concierge medicine growth. I was in was in New Braunfels not too long ago and went into a little ice cream shop that had started up and it turned out it was a physician and his wife that owned it. He was also an author, but came here for his family because he wanted to have a better overall quality of life. And I, when we have people like that coming into town, we have the the right recipe, if you will, for phenomenal growth in terms of hospitality combined with health and and also this this whole wellness longevity trend. We combine that with good food, good wine, you know, a lot of sunshine. There's a lot of good things going on here. I, I was, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to jump over you, Justin. I was just going to make the point that good wine is very important <laughs> to your health, in my opinion. It, it also highlights that patients don't travel alone. That's right. That's exactly right. They don't. They don't travel alone. And I, I also just want to drive home the point because I think being an American, it's always really difficult to understand the idea of someone choosing to pay out of pocket for a procedure. And so I, I think it's really important to drive home. Attracting these types of tourists here is very akin to attracting other types of tourists here in the sense that this is a straight cash influx into the economy. This is not a a redistribution of payer spending. So I just wanted to drive that piece home too, because I think it's important for the listener to understand what that means for the local economy. Yeah, it's, it, and this is a uniquely American idea that's actually sweeping the world right now. Dr. Michael Porter, when we were having debates years ago about healthcare reform in the United States, suggested that people don't look for healthcare in, in the way of, they don't think about it in terms of strictly cost versus quality. It's a combined concept, which is value. They look for value. They're, it's like you know, saying, I'm going to buy a car, but I, I want the cheapest car, and I don't care if it has an engine or tires or a steering wheel. Well, it's not going to do you any good. So you're actually looking for the best value you can get in terms of a car, something that drives, that gets you to work, but also it's affordable. So people want quality health care, but they want it at the price that they can afford. And if they can pay, afford more, they'll get higher quality. That's what people are, are traveling for, typically. Since we've already touched on boomerang talent coming back to be professionals here, the other thing that I like to talk about is how we're preparing a workforce. And Bernie ISD, when we talked to Dr. Price, talked about their curriculum that is helping students get into the healthcare profession in high school so that they're coming out with certifications, they're coming out able to go to work in, in the facilities that we're describing. To me, that is creating a sustainable economy because people are going to need these treatments. People are traveling from all over the world to come to San Antonio and we can expand that into the hill country for this type of service and having the professional workforce out of the high school and then trained further in San Antonio UT Health or other great systems. How how do you see communities really taking advantage of that and ensuring this health and wellness trend is part of their economic future? Yeah, so there was a, there's a an organization that is uh, akin to the the IMF and monetary fund, but instead of lending money to countries, what they do is they they give advice to corporations and 
other private businesses, private entities, NGOs, about how to make investments that help their communities. And they came up with three suggestions, which was, and first of all, all of those involve invest in healthcare. So there will never be enough investments in particularly private healthcare. And that's, that's in a variety of regards. And healthcare entrepreneurs, healthcare facilities that actually see patients, medtech, pharmaceutical. If you look at the increase in utilization of healthcare that is occurring both in the United States and abroad, and by the way, millennials and Gen Z utilize healthcare more than Gen X and baby boomers did at similar ages. So we're seeing an increase in utilization of healthcare, which is, is, is a good thing. Um, one of the reasons that, for example, the Japanese population is is so healthy and live long is because they uh, frequent doctors more often. So increased utilization actually is a good thing. Um, some people are going to worry about that because it's going to increase health expenditures overall. But again, uh, investments in your future through healthcare are good. So the 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 three things that we can do: all investments in healthcare, invest in, as you pointed out, health education. There will never be enough doctors. There will never be enough nurses. There will never be enough people that are rad techs. There will never be enough people that are farm techs. We just we can't produce enough of them. And so health education, which is a strength here in Texas, and if you look at San Antonio, we've got a couple of medical schools. We've got dental school. We've got a lot of good things going on. And the other one is investment, as I mentioned, in, in private health facilities, and that includes real estate development in terms of medical offices, hospitals, retirement communities, wellness communities, all that stuff, hospitality, wellness-related. And then the third thing, this is an interesting one too, is we don't have enough healthcare administrators. So there aren't enough well-trained people. And some people are aware that we actually have Trinity University in San Antonio, which is considered one of the top, say, 20 healthcare administration programs in the world. We have another healthcare administration at UIW. We have one at San Marcos. So we, we actually are not bad off when it comes to the world of healthcare because you need people that can run the healthcare facility, you need investments in those healthcare facilities, and then of course you need the workers. And we've got, the, I think, really great opportunities here in this region. Well, David, thank you for joining us today on Building Texas and sharing everything that's happening around the world and how we in Central Texas can really prepare and plan and participate growing healthcare, health, medical tourism, and moving forward. Thank you for the way that you are building Texas. Every week you'll learn more about what's being built so that you can understand the vision, find helpful resources, and know how to get involved. This is Building Texas, where we sit down with the most interesting people who are making an impact locally and statewide. Join us every Saturday at 930, right here on Bernie Radio. This is Justin McKenzie from Building Texas. Today's segment is brought to you by Das Greenhouse. Das Greenhouse is a business incubator launched here in Bernie to serve our local community. Das Greenhouse is a place where you can come to grow your idea. Our goal is to make Bernie accessible to people who are looking to grow a business, expand a business, or learn more about what's out there in their community and get involved. Visit us at dasgreenhouse.org or come visit us at 7 Upper Balconies Road, Bernie, Texas. Das Greenhouse. Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. Now let's head over to the Patrick Keith Public Library with Miss Constance for Children's Story Time. 
as the Patrick Heath Library is open today from 10 to 4. This is Bernie Radio.